Hey, good morning. We're running into technical difficulties this morning. I want to take a minute and, uh, and just pray that God would meet with us here this morning. So there's uh, just some distractions and some stuff. And uh, yeah, I just want to take a minute and pray. Lord Jesus, I just want to ask that you'd meet with us here this morning. Father, I pray that as we open your word, that you'd speak through it, that you would be uh, alive and real through your word as you promise you are, and Lord, as we know you are. Father, we all come in here uh, throughout the week with uh, different things that we've walked through this week. Uh, Lord, some things that uh, have possibly led us closer to you, and some things, Lord, that uh, very easily could uh, be leading us away from you. And so, Jesus, I pray that uh, you would meet with us here this morning, that you would speak to us, that you would help us set aside distractions, and that you would uh, just be alive and real as you promise. And it's in your precious name, Jesus, amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> we're beginning a new series today. It's called uh, Going Places. And uh, I'm excited. Today, we're going to talk about praying for the impossible. And as we, as we get into that, Praying for the impossible. I, I want to uh, talk for a minute about stories. We love stories, don't we? Uh, we love stories, right? Stories of, uh, of adventure. Stories of triumph. Stories of comedy. Stories of risk. Stories of uncertainty. Just all kinds of different stories, right? We watch them on the television screen, we read them in books, we listen to them from other people as they tell us stories about their lives and about others. And I sit in the rocking chair because it reminds me of stories. You see, my grandmother, I remember going to her house, and she always was sitting in a rocking chair that looked exactly like this. Okay, And she lived to be uh, about 90, 91. And uh, I remember just uh, it's about two years ago, I actually did her funeral service. It was a little bit hard, but I, I remember going to her house all the way from being a little boy and growing up and just hearing stories, you know, stories that she would tell about my dad and, and his brothers. Uh, story, I remember one particular story um, that, that she would tell, tell is, uh, uh, you can imagine, four brothers. So there was my dad and three other brothers. And they would get in the fights, right? You, you, you can't imagine that, can you? But uh, they'd get in fights, and I remember the one brother pushed the other brother through the wall. And so they tried to pull a dresser over to hide the hole in the wall. You know, my grandma didn't find it until years later. It's like, where'd the hole come from, right? But I remember stories. You know, I remember going to my grandmother's house, and she would, uh, she would always get my sister and I graham crackers and some, some milk. And so we'd sit at the table, eat graham crackers, and drink some milk. And I remember going and sitting in the living room and listening to her tell stories. You know, stories about, like I said, about my dad and his brother. Stories about being from Northeast Ohio. She was a huge Indians fan. So she'd tell stories about when Cleveland actually had teams that actually performed. You know? And she would tell stories uh, just about uh, her growing up in West Virginia. She grew up in West Virginia and then moved to Ohio later on. But she would tell all these stories. But, uh, but the stories always intrigued me. But, you know, what intrigues me more as we sit here is, is this chair. I'm intrigued by this chair. 
Because this chair to me represents stories, stories of her life, but also stories of possibly our lives. Because whether you think about it now or not, one day I will be too immobile to run around. And so I will probably be sitting in a rocking chair telling stories to maybe my grandkids, who knows, maybe great-grandkids. But you as well will be sitting in a chair like this telling stories one day. And I want to talk today about those stories that we're going to be telling. I want to talk today about the elements that you'll have within your stories. Will your stories consist of risk, of opportunity, of facing fears and facing uncertainty? Will your stories tell of God moving in your life? Will your stories reflect your influence on other people throughout your years? Will your stories be funny? Will your stories be scary? Lots of questions, huh? That's the center around just this chair right here, a simple wooden rocking chair that can mean so little sitting in a store, but sitting here can mean so much more. But you see, you have to make a decision about this chair. You've got to decide what will this chair tell about your life. You decide where you go and what you do. And what your life will represent. And so this series, Going Places, we are talking about today praying for the impossible But in this idea of going places, we're not just talking about going places as in making a move as a church to the next place that God is taking us. Because you see, the church has nothing to do with a building. Nothing at all. You are the church. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are the church. So the church has nothing to do about four walls and a ceiling and a floor. But what we're talking about this, this series and even today is more than just going places as a church, but it's also going places within your life. And that's why I thought this rocking chair would be a great illustration for us to think about what will the stories be of where I go within my life when I reach the point when I'm sitting in this rocking chair one day. Have you guys ever seen like you faced impossible circumstances? I remember uh, just some, some simple things that seemed impossible within my life. I remember uh, leaving a, uh, a, a uh, career as an engineer and going off to school in order to, uh, to become a pastor. And I remember that first year at school, our income was less than our expenses. But yet we finished the year ahead of the game. How do you explain those things? It's impossible, praying for the impossible. Uh, Another example, this was uh, just a couple years ago when we moved here to start start Awaken. I didn't know anything about the area. I was learning. We moved here. 
I didn't have a job already set up or aligned. But we moved here, and the first week I said, okay, I need to go out and find a job. And so I, because of my background in engineering, I went and printed out resumes and went and spoke to engineering firms. And would you know that I went out Monday morning at 7.30 by Monday afternoon at 2 o'clock I had a job? And I tried to talk them out of hiring me. But I had a job praying for the impossible. See, those are stories that I will sit in this chair one day and tell my grandkids about how God is faithful. Again, I ask, what are the stories that you'll sit and tell one day? As we talk about the impossible, uh, can we show that, that video now? I want you to take a look at this video as we talk about the impossible. Planning a wedding is hard. How many of you guys have planned a wedding before? Talk about the impossible, right? What, what are some of the things that you have to plan when you plan a wedding? What are, what are some of those things? Okay, a venue. You've got to find a place that's going to seat how many hundreds of people that your wife think ought to be there, right, gentlemen? <laughs> what else? What do you, you got to plan for a wedding? A caterer. You've got to find somebody to feed those hundreds of people. Yeah. What else? A guest list, yes. You got to plan a guest list. What else? Photographer. I know, I know. What else these days do you usually plan in addition to a photographer? A videographer, right? Yeah, video. And we, we kind of made the mistake. We were like, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just have a friend videotape it. Well, that videotaped six months later. Because on your wedding day, you're not thinking, oh, I need to grab the video from them. At least not me, gentlemen. I was thinking, i got to get my wife on our honeymoon. <laughs> All right. The video, six months later, is like, oh, yeah, maybe we should check about that video. And then we find out that the video was given to my, my uh, wife's parents. And we get the video back, and half of it was taped over with an episode of uh, I Love Raymond, you know. <laughs> You're like, oh, man. <laughs> what else? Music. You plan music, right? But you plan all these things for a wedding, and it all seems like impossible, doesn't it? Well, what's the shortest that you guys have planned a wedding in? We planned one in six months. 24 hours. Has anybody beaten 24 hours? No. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, praying for the impossible, bud. But uh, today, I want us to look at uh, Joshua 11. I'm sorry, Joshua 10. Turn to Joshua chapter 10 within your Bible. 
you'll, uh, you'll, you'll, uh, it's near the beginning of your Bible, you'll, you'll uh, pass Deuteronomy, and uh, you'll come upon uh, Joshua 10. I'll wait a second for you to get there. But this morning, as we're talking about praying for the impossible, we're going to be talking about a guy named Joshua. And I would encourage you, if you're right now not reading through anything in Scripture on a regular basis, I would encourage you this week to, this week to read the book of Joshua. And you want to talk about a guy who one day sat in a chair and told stories about what God had done in his life. It's a man like Joshua. So I would encourage you this week to read Joshua. But Joshua chapter 10, it starts out in verse 1 and it says, uh, Now Adoni Zedek. Alright, let's just stop there a minute. He sounds Italian. He's not Italian. He's from Jerusalem. Uh, but he sounds Italian. But he's the king of Jerusalem. Heard that Joshua had taken Ai and totally destroyed it. Doing to Ai and its king as he had done to Jericho and its king. And that the people of Gibeon had made a treaty of peace with Israel and were living near them. He and his people were very much alarmed at this. So basically, you have the Israelites who made a treaty with the Gibeonites, okay? And this king of Jerusalem was threatened by the treaty that he saw these two nations make. And so the king of Jerusalem, Adoni we'll call him, he says, I need to go form an alliance with some of these other kings. So he goes and he gets five other, or four other kings to form this alliance between five kings. And it says in verse 2, He and his people were very much alarmed at this because Gibeon was an important city. Like one of the royal cities, it was larger than I, and all its men were good fighters. So, so you see, this alliance that the Israelites and the Gibeonites were forming was like a powerhouse. And then it goes on, it says in verse 3, So Adoni Zedek, king of Jerusalem, appealed to Oham, king of Hebron, Piram, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, king of Lashish, and Debir, king of Eglon. It sounds like Lord of the Rings, right? But all these kings come together and they form this alliance. And it says in verse 4, Come up and help me attack Gibeon, Adoni says, because it has made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. Joshua was the leader of the Israelites. In verse 5 it says, Then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmoth, Lachish, and Eglon, all of those people from Lord of the Rings again, joined forces. It says they moved up with all their troops and took up positions against Gibeon and attacked it. Okay, they fortified the city. In verse 6, the Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in the camp of Gilgal. They said the Gideons then send word to their friends, their allies, the Israelites. And they said, hey, we're being attacked by these five kings. We need your help. And so look here what it, what it says. It says, do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. He's in dire need. And it says, help us because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. You know, all these people have joined forces against us. Please, would you please come help us? And so it says, Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men that he had. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. The Lord says, I have given them into your hand, not one of them will be able to withstand you. So Joshua seeks out the Lord and what the Lord wants him to do and their nation to do. 
and the Lord leads them and says, go help your ally. I will give them into your hand. Not one of them will stand. Verse 9, after an all-night march from Gilgal. Note that, an all-night march. They marched all night to get, to, to get there to help. Joshua took them by surprise. And it says, the Lord threw them into confusion before Israel, who defeated them in the great victory at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road, going up to Beth Haran, and cut them down at the way, all the way to Azekah and Makeda, just, just places that... As they pursued them, this army advanced to other places and the Israelite people continued to pursue them under the leadership of Joshua. I want you to skip to verse 12 and it says, On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, it says, Joshua prayed this prayer. Joshua prayed, O sun, stand still over Gibeon. O moon, over the valley of Ahijalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day, 24 hours. The sun stood in the middle of the sky. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a man. Surely the Lord was fighting for who? For Israel. I want to ask you guys, is that possible? No, it's not possible. But anything is possible for God to do, is it not? And so can Joshua make the sun stand still on his own? Absolutely not. Was Joshua praying for a prayer that was easy to accomplish? Absolutely not. Was Joshua praying for God to move in a way that only God could do? Absolutely. Joshua was praying for the impossible. And I'm curious how many of us in our lives pray for the impossible? Now, how many of you guys can relate with this story? You know, you would say, you know, this is a story of my life. I feel like I'm always needing the impossible to happen. I feel like I'm always behind the eight ball and need God to do something. I don't know if you know this or not, but in a lot of ways, guys, that is a story of this church. This church a year ago was meeting in my living room with 12 people. Pushing 12 is more like 10. And we were meeting in my living room for two years. Started with three people. And the first year we grew from three to three. It's a great growth rate. Did you know then, that second year we grew from three to ten. Wow, thank you God, we tripled. Praying for the impossible. Did you know that most churches that start that way only about the 5 to 10% of them actually make it. So you do realize that where we're at today is the impossible? God moved for us to be where we're at here today, and I'm excited for the move we're getting ready to take as a church because, again, we're praying for God to do the impossible. And you want to have stories about what God has done in your life. Be a part of that. 
If you want to have stories about how God has moved within your life in impossible ways, step out in faith. If you want to have stories about how God has moved in the impossible within your life, walk in obedience. Because again, one day we will sit in a chair like this and we'll tell stories. But I want to ask you, how deep will those stories be? You know, praying for the impossible, the start of this church is praying for the impossible. You know, I'm excited for this move because, again, we're praying for the impossible, for God to move a young church that's only been in this theater for about a year. But I look at that and I get excited because I believe by praying for the impossible, there's greater opportunity to reach more people for Jesus. And many of you sitting here today are a result of this past year of being reached for Jesus. I want to ask you, how will you allow God to use you during this time to share that with others? I'm excited for this move because it's going to get us all in the game. Everything's going to be mixed up. Things are going to change. There's going to be greater opportunity, which means greater work at the beginning. I'm excited, praying for the impossible, for God to continue to lead us to become a church that is self-sustaining. Right now, we uh, rely on the help of some other churches to do what we do. But one day, I pray for the impossible when we become a self-sustaining church and we are helping other churches do what we do today. Just getting started. Praying for the impossible. You see, there's been many challenges along the way. But within those challenges develop stories. Within those stories is a developing of faith. How many of you guys think that God wants you to have a deeper faith? Okay. Let me ask you this. How many of you guys want to walk through the hard times to develop that faith? That's a little harder question to answer, isn't it? But did you know that in... uh, James chapter 1, verse 2 and 4, it says this. Look at this. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops what? Perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, for us to develop the faith that God wants us to have, it takes us walking through trials But did you know that those trials have stories attached to them? And those trials, the stories that you will tell one day is the greatest means for God to work in your faith. Is the greatest means for God to grow and mature you, just as that verse is saying. You see, I have a quote here. I don't know if we have it on the screen or not. But it says, uh, faith is dependence upon God. And this God dependence only begins when self-dependence ends. 
And self-dependence only comes to its end with some of us when sorrow, suffering, affliction, broken plans, and hopes brings us to the place of self-helplessness and defeat. Basically, what this quote is saying is for me to grow in my walk with Christ, it often comes through trials. Can I tell you that that first year at school, when I gave up my engineering job to pursue becoming a pastor, that first year of making less than what we spent, can I tell you that was easy? Absolutely not. One of the hardest years of my life. But I can tell you, my wife and I actually were talking about it earlier. My wife and I agreed that, you know what, taking that step, that was about 10 years ago, taking that step about 10 years ago, is one of the things that developed us to bring us to this point today. Trust. How can you trust something if you've not stepped out needing to trust something? The stories that you'll tell in a chair years from now are based on how you live your life right now. And you see, I'm excited for this move, not because of what God's just going to do with the church, but I'm excited for this move mostly because of what God can do in your and my life through this process. Because it's praying for the impossible. But you see, we can sit all we want and dream all we want about maturing in our faith and knowing Jesus Christ more. But until we step up and move into action, nothing happens. And I'm sure many of you as you sit here are in a place where you are praying for the impossible. Maybe if it's a broken relationship that you never think is going to be healed, you're praying for the impossible. Maybe you're praying for the impossible within your marriage, it seems. You're praying for healing. Maybe you're praying for the impossible when it comes to job, finding a job or or, or switching careers. You're praying for the impossible. You see how this overlaps into each one of our lives in a powerful way and how all of that that is overlapping, I promise you, will be played out here one day. Do you want to see a sun stand still story within your life? A story where you will look back one day and say, I have no idea how that even happened. God had to move for that to happen. Do you want that within your life? A sun stand still story? I do. I want to see a sun stand still story within my life. If you want to see a sun stand still story within your life, I want to challenge you with a few things. First of all, I want to tell you stop praying. I said stop praying. Stop praying prayers like God be with me today. God's already with you. 
if you walk with him, if you know Jesus, if you've given your life, surrendered your life to Christ, God's already walking with you. Don't pray, God, be with me today. Pray, God, let me sense your presence today. Let me know that you're here today. Don't ask him to walk with you. He already is. See how that's a total shift within your prayer life? You know, <clears throat> stop praying. Stop, stop praying, Lord, if it be your will, would you do this? God doesn't need an out clause from you, okay? You know, pray, God, please work in this. If God doesn't want to do it, he's not going to do it, okay? He doesn't need you to say, oh, yeah, God, please do this. And, oh, by the way, only if it's your will. He doesn't need you to tell him that. He's going to do whatever he wants to do, okay? But pray, God, please do this. Did you see Joshua do that? God, would you please let the sun kind of stand still in the middle of the sky today? But God, only if it's your will. No, Joshua said, God, we want to have victory, a full victory for you. Would you please, God? And with all his might, he said, please, God, let the sun stand still. Did Joshua know the sun was going to stand still? Absolutely not. But he prayed that God would move, and God moved. Now, did God have to do that? Absolutely not, but God chose to do that. The same thing within our lives, guys. Pray for God to do the impossible. You know, pray for God to change your heart. Pray that your heart aligns with God's heart. But when you start praying prayers like this, let me tell you, just like Joshua, you better be ready to march all night. Because it's not easy. When you pray prayers of impossibility, be ready to march all night. But you see, another thing that Joshua did is he prayed a prayer of impossibility. He did it in community. Right? He had others that were with him, that were marching with him, that were advancing on this army, that were asking for God to move. They did it in community. I I, want to challenge you. If if you think that just being here on Sunday morning is going to give you a sun-stand-still story, I have to tell you you're mistaken. You see, a sun-stand-still story comes through walking in community with other believers in Jesus Christ challenging and sharpening one another and stepping out in faith together for God to move. That is what develops a sun-stand-still story. And so I would challenge you and encourage you as we make this move, jump into community. Jump into a small group. Jump into a place to serve together. Jump into community. Because I can tell you that those stories that I sat here and told you and that I look forward to telling those and more later in my life to my grandkids did not come from me just walking alone. Did not come from me just showing up in a building somewhere on a Sunday morning or a Saturday night or a Sunday afternoon or whatever it was. Those stories develop by walking in faith, trusting that God is going to move and walking with other believers. 
that encouraged me, that challenged me, that probed me, that prod me, that moved me. So I challenge you to stop praying ridiculous prayers and pray for the impossible. I challenge you to do it in community. And I want to challenge you with one last thing. And that is to invite people to walk with you. Many of you sitting here have been touched through this church over the last year. I don't take credit for that. Uh, that is, God has moved within people's lives. And that is one of those things I look at and I say, look, God has done the impossible. God has moved in people's lives. I want to challenge you, bring others into that. Share that story with others. As one day you'll share that sitting in a chair. Share that story now with others. Invite others into that journey with you. Invite others into the journey with us as we move to a new location in just a couple weeks. I'm excited again. I know I've said this multiple times, but I want you to realize how excited I am for the opportunity that God has given us. Because I believe by making a move as a church, moving facilities, I believe by making that move that we are going places, and that is more than just facility, but that is going places within our faith. And I believe that if you truly want to see your faith grow, truly want to see your walk with Christ grow, and maybe some of you are sitting here today and you don't even know who God is yet, you're still just checking that out. If you want to truly taste of who God is, walk in faith and ask God to move. So I'm excited for this move going places, not again because we're moving to a different facility, but I'm excited because I know that it's through things like this that God will deepen our faith if we allow him. I know that it's through moves like this that people will find Christ if they want to. So I want to pray right now that we as a church would pray for the impossible, that we would jump into community, and that we would invite others into that community with us. I'm going to pray that right now for me and for us as a whole as the band comes up to continue to lead us. Lord Jesus, I thank you that there's a sun standstill story in your scriptures. Lord Jesus, I thank you that even as we read this, it might be hard to believe that this actually happened. But Lord Jesus, I thank you that this is truth and that this did happen one day, Lord. And Lord, it happened because you moved in an impossible way. Because, Lord, you are a God of impossibilities. And Father, I know that as we sit here, there are many of us with obstacles that are in our way that we need to pray for the God of impossibilities to move in an impossible way. And so, Jesus, wherever somebody is at in here, I pray that you would move within their life in such a way that you show yourself to be real to them. Father, I pray, though, that when we pray those kinds of prayers, that we are willing to march all night just as Joshua did. And so, Father, I pray that we would be willing to do just that, that we would be willing to march all night. Father, I'm excited for this move. I'm excited not just because we're changing a location, 
Because, Lord, pretty much it looks as though it'll be just across the street. But, Lord, I'm excited for the move because, Father, within that, I believe that people will be challenged to go deeper with you. And so, Jesus, I pray that as we look at this chair and as we think about the stories that we will tell one day, I pray, Lord, that we will choose to live our lives in such a way to have sun stand still stories to tell our children, our grandchildren, maybe even our great-grandchildren. And it will be passed on from generation to generation that will show, Lord, that you are alive and real. So, Father, I pray that you would challenge us here this morning. Show us what we need to be praying for that you would challenge us here this morning to jump into community, to build relationships, to be challenged in our faith. And Father, I pray that you challenge us here this morning to invite others into that. It's in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.